This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pauze, and this is a fat-friendly space. Today on Friend of Maryland, I talk about the delay of Camp Boom. I chat with Rebecca Batty, a flabbiously passionate and supportive person, and I spotlight an old but goody piece from Jess Baker about calling herself fat. My listeners in New Zealand will be sad to hear that Camp Boom, aka Fun Fat Camp, has been postponed. Due to our changing circumstances around the Delta variant and COVID-19, Joe had to make the call to postpone Camp Boom, which was scheduled for the first weekend of November 2021 in Topo, to February. And in fact, the final weekend in February of 2022, still in Topo. I think she has managed to maintain most of the speakers who are planning to attend. And I know that moving the date is going to mean that some people are no longer able to attend, but hopefully it will open it up as a possibility to new people who might be able to attend. And I would encourage all fat people, any fat person uh, around New Zealand who might want to attend to reach out to Joe and, and see what options there are. I know that each year she does have a range of scholarships for people who are unable to afford the cost of camp. Friend of Maryland is a proud sponsor of, of one of those scholarships. So while I'm sad that camp boom has been postponed to February of next year. I'm super grateful to Joe and everyone that helps her organize Camp Boom that they are postponing rather than canceling and continuing on. Camp Boom last year was such an amazing experience that I want that every year. Um, And while I'm Sad to have to wait a little longer for my next experience of a weekend with some rad fatties. I'm very grateful to be able to have that still in my future to look forward to. Joining me today is Rebecca Batty, a flabulously passionate and supportive person to the people and things that she loves. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love Maryland. I have loved the show and I'm excited. Thank you. So Rebecca, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, born and raised here in Utah. Only lived a couple of years outside for various reasons. And just grew up fat and grew up with family that wasn't 
um, supportive of that, that tried to change that and made me feel like everything was wrong with me because that just like society does. Um, only growing up, I didn't know the whole big society issue. It just felt so personal. And until I found Marilyn. And was Marilyn Wan like your first, like, was she your introduction to, to fat acceptance and fat liberation or did that come later for you? Yes, she was. I, in 2002, a friend of mine who very good friend of mine who showed me Marilyn's book, uh, what the fat so. And she, I let me borrow it and I read it. And my, my husband was a truck driver and we were out on the road and I just got so caught up in the book and I finished reading it and I closed it. And I turned to my husband and I said, every person who has ever met me my entire life needs to read this book. And I did end up buying a couple copies so I could lend, lend a copy out. And I've had to replace that copy a few times. <laughs> I love that. Um, I've done that actually with a few books in my time where I'm like, I want all of my people to read it. So it's what people get for like Christmas and birthdays and stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, that would have been a really power, like her, that book specifically, I know has been life-changing for a lot of people. Um, how did that book change the way that you thought about, about yourself and about your body? I felt like it justified my personal thoughts. I grew up thinking, why does everybody treat me like I'm such a horrible person or such, um, that I shouldn't, didn't have a place on, on earth or that I just was not, but I was just, everything was wrong about me. And I kept thinking, well, that's, that can't be right. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm just fat. But so many people in my life would treat me otherwise. And then I read this book. And after that, I just felt justified. I felt I'm not alone. This isn't just a me personal thing. This is a thing in the whole world that a lot of people struggle with. And so it just opened everything up for me. And I know that you then became like involved in, in fat, uh, in fat acceptance, in fat activism. Tell me about um, the, the work that you've done in that space. Well, I finally found, uh, I, I, re- I remember reading about NAFA in her book, but I didn't really find them until 2013, I think it was. And I actually won a contest on Twitter to attend their conference in Las Vegas and was able to participate in their fashion show. And that was when they started the movement for end bullying now. And the next year I was able to uh, host a booth for end bullying now at a local bullying, anti-bullying fair here in Utah. I've helped to try and start a group of fat people, mostly Mm -hmm. women in Utah to be more supportive along those same lines. Um, It's still kind of, up and down building people, but um, just little things like that. I've attended another conference and just made so many friends and I continue to try and help other people that uh, come across as being in the same boat I was to feel better about themselves. And Rebecca, um, you're one of the few people that I have found to talk to in the entire state of Utah. Um, you know, would you like, is there a larger fat activist community that I'm just not tapping into? Or are you pretty isolated in the work that you do geographically in your state? 
There, I, I'm probably the most vocal about it um, with the opportunity of speaking to our legislature a few years ago um, to try and get size discrimination added to the list. It didn't work that year, but hopefully we can try again soon. Uh, there are a couple others that might be willing to talk to people, but I'm the most, probably the most active that would see opportunities like this or others to help further the cause in Utah. But we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tell me a bit more about yeah that worked tr- with the legislator. I mean, I, I recognize that you noted that it, it didn't work that time, um, but I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear a bit more about it because I'm sure there are others who are keen to lobby their own legislatures in their own state and can probably learn a great deal from what you did. Yes, there was a, a, a lady that was interning with one of the legislatures, uh, members of the House. And she talked to him and they put together a bill to try and add size discrimination to the discrimination list in the state of Utah. Uh, Currently, I've had issues with size discrimination and I've called the Labor Commission and they claim there is no such thing. So we have no nowhere to stand, nowhere to go to fight it. And so I just saw her post online. I don't remember. It was probably Facebook at the time. And took the opportunity to go up there and speak to the committee uh, for the Labor Commission. And that it did not pass out of the committee. It failed, I believe it was 10 to 4, that it failed, um, that it didn't make it out of the committee. Uh, I was able to, after that, speak to one of the local news stations and one of the newspapers. And uh, talk about why it was so important to me. And it, it died that year. And there's been nobody else that has a connection in the legislature that's tried again. But over this last little while, I've been trying to find the right person maybe to, in fact, I, I might have people that were on that committee that I could try and talk to, to see if I can get them to try again. I think it's an incredible thing to think about, Rebecca, that like there was one staff member in one <laughs> legislator's office who really cared about this and managed to go ahead and get it at least in front of a committee, um, you know, because that's often probably how these things do happen is you, you know, have one person who's in a position to get this on a committee floor. Um, and then the, you know, someone like you has an opportunity to then speak to that committee about the need for it. Um I know that there's very few places uh, in the United States. And I mean, even fewer, if you, to broaden out to the larger world where physical size is a, a, a protected status. Um, it's something that I've been trying to get changed in the law here in New Zealand where I live as well. Yes, it, it is. I believe there's, off the top of my head, I think there's a couple of cities. I don't know if it's passed in any full state yet, but it does Michigan. seem like there's cities. Is it Michigan? I thought there was Michigan. I couldn't remember if it was Michigan or California. Um, California, I think it's in a county but it might just be San Francisco city. I don't remember Yeah, right off. So yeah, you're right. It is not uh, passed very widely in the United States even. Still important work to do though, obviously. Yes. <laughs> our, our fight continues. Um, Rebecca, how do you, you know, what are some of the projects and activities that you are currently focused on in your work? Well, I've recently had to scale back, um, but I've tried to stay with the uh, NAFA 
uh, projects and uh, was very briefly on the board committee, the committee that helps the board uh, with their activism. Uh, but life took over and I had to drop that. So hopefully I can get back to that soon. In the meantime, I just try and do little things here and there as I see need and I continue to try and help people that I meet to learn that it's okay to be fat and it's not the end of the world and that they're not a bad person. And that there's a whole world of people out there that will help them believe that and support that. Rebecca, what advice would you have for, you know, people that might be listening that have never really been kind of active as an activist, like they're, you know, for their own purposes, have their own kind of thought politics and, um, you know, the ways that they live their own lives, but are maybe interested in becoming more active, whether it's through an organization like NAFA or trying to rally political support wherever they are for getting physical size as a protected class. What advice might you give them? Reach out to others. Uh, You can do searches online for NAFA and you'll find several people just searching for them, uh, whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or your choice of social media uh, that you use. They're pretty much everywhere, I believe. And I would, I would suggest trying to find, reach out to other people and just, you know, jump right in, see what you can do, learn more about it. Uh, Read Marilyn's book, Fatso. That's how I started. And like you've said, it's changed a world of lives. And do whatever your forte is, if you, you know, want to start with reading, if you're ready to jump in, if you just want to get to know a little more, follow people, friend people, and just kind of see what's out there. And you'll find, I, th- I believe we'll each find our niche to, to help the cause. And, you know, you say about, you know, find your own Maryland, make sure that you're following the right people. Like, do you have suggestions for who, you know, people might like follow on Twitter or a podcast that you like or a book that you like or, you know, anything like that? What are your faves? Well, my favorite, obviously, is Fatso from from Maryland. Um, My brain is a little foggy on titles of others, but I would gladly put a list together. (laughs) Uh, I've read a few. In fact, I started to do a Flabulous Fridays post on my blog, but that uh, again, had to put, be put on the back burner for a while. So that's been weighing heavily on me to maybe start that, at least that part again. Um, and I know some people are really shy and are, are hard to, you know, jump right into it. Find these people, find, you know, follow cat, follow me. I'll, I'll, I'll help as well, best I can to at least, uh, encourage you that you're not alone and that it's okay to put yourself out there and to help these causes because we all need to work together. And the more people we can have fighting and helping, I believe the quicker we can get a little bit more out there and maybe succeed in getting some of these laws passed or some of these uh, causes more recognized out there to some people who may not realize it's an issue. Rebecca, it's been such a treat to be able to chat with you today. Um, I admire all the work that you've been doing and I look forward to what you might do uh, later in the future. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. In the spotlight today is an older piece from 2017, published on the Huffington Post by Jess Baker. It's entitled, Why I Embrace Calling Myself Fat. Quote, Things that matter right now. I'm fat. No, really, that's the most important thing. 
Yes, I am also intelligent, smarky, kind, radical, compassionate, self-starting, outgoing, funny, opinionated, cheerful, loud, and a million other things. But here and now, I want to talk about the thing that strangers see first, the thing that I'm judged on the most, the reason I'm here writing right now. I'm pretty damn fat. I know what you're thinking, but just don't call yourself fat. You're chubby, fluffy, curvy, chunky, plus size. Nah, girl, I'm fat. Here's why I use the F word all the time. The word fat is not inherently bad. It's an adjective. It's a benign descriptor as size. As Marianne Kirby explains, quote, fat means adipose tissue. Fat means having a lot of adipose tissue, end quote. There are no, no other words that mean precisely those things in precisely those ways. Saying I'm fat is and should be the same as saying my shoes are black, the clouds are fluffy, and Bob Saget is tall. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. The only negativity that this word carries is that which has been socially constructed around it. Our aversion is completely learned. It's our association that is disparaging, and this is what we must change. We don't need to stop using the word fat. We need to stop the hatred that our world connects with the word fat. So I use it because I have decided that it's my word now, and the more I use it positively, the more stigma I smash. Now, I don't ever walk up to strangers and say, hey, fatty, because we haven't found a way to normalize it in the mainstream. There's a really good chance that the word is still offensive to them. But me calling myself fat? No thing. I even find the word empowering. Someone tries to insult me by calling me fat. I just say, yep, and I have a fat body, and I think it's quite lovely. But because our society still thinks that fat bodies are especially vile, I'm automatically put it into several kinds of boxes. Boxes with darling labels like cultural deviant, a freak of physical nature, or embarrassment to society when strangers or extended family moan and groan about the horrific obesity crisis in America. Yeah, they're talking about me. I am also your worst nightmare. I'm the reason you diet. I'm the reason you go to the gym. I'm your thinspiration. Because God knows you do not want to end up like me. If you're fat too, you probably know what I'm talking about. A few years ago, I decided I would no longer accept these negative labels. After a breakup for which my body was blamed, I found myself at a critical impasse, a metaphorical fork in the road. I knew that I needed to carefully choose right then and there which path I was going to take. Continue to hate my body or learn to love my body. I dove headfirst into the body positive community. I sought out photos of all kinds of women. I followed progressive Tumblr accounts. I read every fat acceptance book I could get my chubby hands on. I read all the body love blogs I could find, researched the history of body image, and started to talk about all of this with people around me. As I learned more about body love, I started to notice something interesting. The way I perceived the world shifted considerably. I quickly became less judgmental, not only of others, but also of myself. I was reformatting my reality. I was rewiring my belief in beauty. I was teaching myself the truth. End quote. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Marilyn. Friend of Marilyn is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine a.m. 
If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at friendofmarilyn at AOL.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Closing the show is heart with Who Will You Run To?
If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.